3: Last summer, weren't enough to pay the loan. Couldn't buy the seed to plant this spring in the farmer's bank or close. Call my old friend, shipment up to auction off the land. He said, John, it's just my job, and I hope you understand. They calling it your job, oh, horse. Sure, don't make it right. But if you want me to, I'll say a prayer for your soul tonight. And grandma's on the front porch with a Bible in her hand. Sometimes I hear her singing, take me to the promised land. Take away man's dignity, work families who lost seven farms I think about my grandpa my neighbors and my name it's nice to feel like time
0: That for some gravitas. Wow, that's serious vibe. That is serious vibe. And you would not expect that from us Mm. on this, which of course is our... 140th episode. Oh my goodness, 140th episode of the Riffs and Rants podcast. Welcome everybody. I am Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we are here yet again to entertain you in our own special way. Indeed. And maybe learn a thing or two about a thing or two. Oh. So first up, that was uh, John Mellencamp... Uh, I think he was still Cougar at the time because it Cougar was '85. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the song is "Rain on the Scarecrow" off of his eighth studio album, simply entitled "Scarecrow." Wow! Which uh, fun fact? You know, a couple hits off that RLCK in the U.S.A. Yeah, um, "Small Town" was yeah. on there. He kind
1: of was becoming the spokesman for Middle America, right? Yes, about that and time. that was
0: that was a calculated change. Yeah, and this album actually uh, peaked at number two on the U.S. charts. Yep. yep. So very successful, indeed. And as the critics, you know, I mean, you can listen to it. You don't need a critic to tell you that it's uh, a bittersweet reflective tone on the plight of the American dream and the American farmer. Very poignant. Poor middle America. Yeah. See, now this is where we're going. Yeah, the old agenda. The agenda. And I will say right off the bat, (laughs) we're going to bat for middle America in this episode because they have been dealt yet another shitty hand.
1: Yeah, the good folks in Ohio. It, uh, Yeah, we, of course, are talking about the, uh, the massive train derailment that just happened in, uh, what is it, East Palestine? That is correct. Palestine, Ohio. A town of how many? Uh, about 4,500? Uh, just a little bit more than that. I think it was about 4,750. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, it was, what, 150 cars? Yeah. Uh, 38 of them derailed, and apparently 12 of them were carrying toxic... Uh, chemicals, hazardous chemicals. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, nothing but trouble on that one.
0: Yeah. And to say these chemicals were toxic is like saying you shouldn't take a, a jug of powdered country time lemonade and sip it through a straw like I did as a child. <laughs> this is more like <laughs> chugging bleach kind of poison.
1: Yeah, yeah, nasty. <laughs> very, very nasty. And uh, yeah, it was uh,
0: vinyl chloride. And it's poisonous.
1: Yeah, and uh, it was a situation where uh, the authorities felt the need to blow it up before it blew itself up.
4: You blew it up! Oh, damn you!
0: Right. Um, and here's where it gets kind of interesting. Yeah. Because, uh, and I'm sure you got facts and figures to support it when the one time or two, is right. One or two. It's not necessarily the size of the accident, although this shit, believe me, we, we can't understate how toxic this shit was. But in terms of the size of, of the spill, um, collateral damage, both human and, and otherwise, yeah. it's, it's not the biggest or the worst, or not even close. However, when you've got a giant black mushroom cloud rising up from East Palestine, Ohio... Well,
1: the visual on this one was nasty. Bingo. Was very, that is to It's like
0: something Michael Bay did, okay? Yeah. So it's all over the news. There's no turning away. There's no Leslie Nielsen in front of it saying, nothing to see here. Yeah. It's an unmitigated cluster.
1: However, uh, as usual, I'd like to try and put this in perspective. I have to say I was a little bit surprised at the hyperbole around this one, uh, and the reason why I'm kind of surprised uh, is this, and this is obviously some uh, some nuggets that you and I discussed before the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are the kind of things that, you know, when, when and this is typical of, of what we do. When we come across a topic and then I do some research on it, It tends to be very eye-opening. For example, according to federal statistics, there have been fifty-four thousand five hundred thirty-nine train derailments in the United States since nineteen ninety. That's an average of seventeen hundred and four per year. Wow, that's that. That alone shocked me when I came across that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there have always been there. Excuse me, there have already been. Over a dozen train derailments in the U.S. in 2023 alone. This isn't even the first one that happened in Ohio. There was actually one back in January. Um, It, it, you know, again, digging into this, some of this stuff is stunning. Uh, According to a USA Today story uh, that I was reading, hazardous material has been spilled or leaked from trains more than 5,000 times over the last 10 years. Uh, apparently approximately 3.1 billion tons of hazardous material is transported in the U.S. every year. That's by train. That's mm-hmm. by truck. Uh, that's more than 800,000 hazmat shipments every day. Every day. Yep. And this wasn't even the biggest disaster uh, by train that, uh, that Ohio has had to absorb. I'll give you an example that will put this one in perspective. Back in 1986 in Miamisburg, Ohio, and that's kind of a weird statement in itself, <laughs> Miamisburg, <laughs> Ohio, there was a 15-car train wreck. Uh, the train was carrying 12,000 gallons of white phosphorus. Mm. White phosphorus.
0: Yeah. Willie
1: <sighs> P, folks. Okay? Uh, this, this monster derailed, and an estimated 40,000 people had to be evacuated. Uh, not too shockingly, this eventually resulted in over 450 million lawsuits being filed. Uh, the fire on that one burned for over four days. Uh, just by comparison, the fire that was lit to take this shit out of out of circulation, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, lasted two days. Mm. You know, and one of the things that I got I got to say I'm surprised about, and I mean to some extent, I'm not surprised that you know people use this for political advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, everything these days obviously is politicized. But what kind of surprises me is how many people went after the Fed when In my mind, you really should have gone after the uh, company that was responsible for the train. Right. Uh, And this just give you, again, an idea of what went down. This monster was 150 cars long. 38 train cars derailed. 11 of these cars were carrying hazardous material. Five of these cars were carrying the 115,000 gallons, and this is what we were grasping for earlier. This was vinyl chloride. There you go. uh, That authorities were kind of concerned we're going to explode on its own before they decided we need to detonate this ourselves. Yep. But, you know, as opposed to going after the Fed and going after FEMA, um, and again, you and I talked about this beforehand, I was kind of surprised at this reaction because this wasn't, you know, this wasn't Hurricane Katrina. Mm. You know, this was a company uh, in an industrial industrial accident, I guess you could say. Right. Uh, and this company, of course, was uh, Norfolk Southern. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a company... That recorded a record setting operation profit of $4.8 billion last year. And let me re- repeat this for emphasis, Johnny $4.8 billion in profit, all right? Um, as far as going after these guys, uh, what, what was it, $1,000? Yep. They were giving out to each resident. $1,000 of, dollar hush money. Check. Yeah. Well, this company has an estimated $1.1 billion in liability insurance coverage it can put to cover the losses caused by this accident. They could pretty much buy every home mm-hmm. in these East Palestine.
0: I don't know what Palestine it looks like Palestine, doesn't it? Yeah, but there's no such thing as Palestine in middle America. No, I guess So not. thus we go Palestine. Yeah.
1: This is a company that has 19,000 employees, okay? And again, the population of East Palestine, 4,718 folks as of 2021. Right. All right. And this is a company that just fought off a proposal by Congress to give their employees at least seven sick days per year. <laughs> yeah. Seven sick days per year. Uh, yeah, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm... Destroying Norfolk Southern, <laughs> folks. That's the intention from my end of the table tonight.
0: Fair enough. Well, All allow right. me to weigh in here as the uh, the everyman in the street. Please do, Johnny. I wonder if, and, I, and I'm I'm in lockstep with you that they should not have looked you know towards the government as the first scapegoat here. Yeah. However, um, remember we're we have an administration right now that is sending money every place in every direction. Yeah. That doesn't bode well for this situation right here. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, and I'm not going to make this political because we're in agreement, you know, it's the last, I don't know how many administrations collectively failed these people and every other small town that would deal with this. Yeah. Because they keep lessening the restrictions on the railroads. Yep. And I think, I don't know if we ever talked about it on a show, but we've talked about it amongst ourselves. Indeed. Traveling by train... Is not the magical, mystical experience it used to be.
1: Johnny, did I mention that we average over <laughs> 1,700 train derailments a year? I, I said oh, yeah. that. You didn't mention it. You didn't yeah. mention yeah. Okay,
0: go on. So, you know, we're not talking the Orient Express here, <laughs> going through the, the tunnels in the Andes. This is a, it's a cargo transport train, but even yeah. quote unquote regular trains, the Amtrak's and whatnot, traveling by train, uh, here's your takeaway it's incredibly un- uncomfortable and to a point probably always has been. But mm. at least in the days of yore, there was a certain romanticism that Definitely. perhaps peaked in the 30s and the 40s. Oh, it's
1: vintage Americana.
0: Right. And there was all these songs about trains. And then when rockabilly came along and Johnny Cash, again, they would romanticize about trains. But they started to show the, the underbelly of like the stock cars and uh-huh. the hobos riding the rails and whatnot. Yes, the reality of the situation. Right. Now, somebody who had to take a trip up and down the East Coast, not too long ago, in a train. Uh-oh. Let me tell you something. As we <laughs> rolled into every station at every hub along the way, yeah. you see the worst of every city. You know, I can concur
1: on that one. I, uh, for, a, for a short stint of time, after I came back from the, uh, from the West Coast, I lived up in Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. And I used to take Amtrak's Nor'easter from Portland to Boston.
0: Well, very same, yep. yeah. And
1: <laughs> it was it was a scenic trip through New Hampshire. Uh-huh. But yeah, once you started hitting stops in Massachusetts, right. Shit got ugly.
0: Yeah, and for me, like the, the best part was as I rolled into Philadelphia, you come into this archway, which the graffiti artist had already made their own. Yeah, welcome to guerrilla Philadelphia, and that's really <laughs> all you needed to know about that stop. But yeah, it's it's. It's antiquated because we have made it so. Everybody talks about infrastructure in this, in this country, but you forget that right next to the work that needs to be done for our almost third-world airports and infrastructure there, yeah. the power grid, you know, next up, right after the highways, has to be the rail system in this country. Well, it's kind
1: of a toss between the rail system and the bridges, which is probably one in the same and thing. Man, man, sure. Yeah,
0: and uh, yeah, it,
1: uh, where, is, where is the money going? Right.
0: Right. Now, if we're going to keep shipping things via train, which doesn't show any signs of slowing down, especially because everybody wants to go green, you can have one carbon-spewing engine with a two-mile-long train, or you can have however many hundred trucks make up that equivalent. And it looks like the days of individual gasoline motors is 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 on the fade. Yeah. So trains are gonna be with us a very long time. Absolutely. Other countries like Japan is obviously the easy example yeah. with their high speed bullet trains, the monorails. They get it, you know? And yeah. I think if, if we're seriously going to continue to use trains in the capacity that we do in this country, let alone possibly more, yeah. they need to rebuild and fix this shift from the ground up because not for nothing. Again, with all these derailments, the only reason this one made the evening news is because of the giant black mushroom cloud from the controlled, let's put that in air quotes, explosion that they had to do to mitigate the damage to the surrounding area. Yeah,
1: again, they they blew it up before it blew itself up.
0: Exactly, right? uh, (laughs) And yeah, that's
1: pretty disturbing. And if you've seen it, you know, the black cloud, Mm -hmm. that's never a good sign. You know, the black
0: cloud rising
1: up and then hovering
0: you know, for a, how many days? Yeah, because the wind doesn't blow us away like a freaking dandelion. Yeah. You, you know? can see it from space. It's a problem. Yeah, And I'm sure you could.
1: However, however. Go on. <laughs> do you want to address some of the bullshit spin that has come, you know, in reference to this situation?
0: Are you, are you going to beat up on Mayor Pete now? I'll get to him in a minute. I'll
1: get to him in a minute. But anyway, uh, just, you know, a little reality to interject here, um, you know, as opposed to what you may have been hearing or reading on Twitter and Telegram. This is not Chernobyl 2.0. This is not the sequel to Three Mile Island. Uh, This is not, and I'm quoting Twitter idiots on this one, the largest environmental accident in history. It just isn't, you know. Um, I do understand that, you know, courtesy of three years of, of just ridiculous confusion... Disinformation and error that came out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. that people have completely and understandably lost faith in the Fed. One hundred percent. Anything that the EPA has to say. Yep. But just for relativity's sake, because uh-huh. I'm a big fan of relativity, <laughs> uh the worst environmental disaster in U.S. history, still the Gulf of Mexico Gulf of Mexico, excuse me, Deepwater Horizon oil spill. Um again, just for reference. When the, uh, when the oil rig went up, 11 oil workers were killed on that one, 17 were injured. Heretofore, nobody's died You know, with this incident, and hopefully yeah. that will remain the case. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. But this resulted, the, the Deepwater Horizon spill resulted in at least 4.9 million gallons of oil leaking into the Gulf of Mexico. The cleanup cost BP, mm-hmm. the bastards who were responsible <laughs> for this, over $40 billion alone. All right? There were criminal charges, convictions, civil settlements that totaled over $20 billion. The environmental damage on this one was almost unmeasurable. Okay? So, again, just to put it in perspective, and a little bit more disinformation bullshit here. Um, A lot of the political football going back and forth between, oh, it was the Obama administration, Mm -hmm. regulations that the Trump administration rolled back that was responsible for this. Well, according to the National Transportation Safety Board uh, information, and it hasn't reached a conclusion yet. We've all heard about the overheated bearings. Mm -hmm. Uh, But from what I've read, uh, the regulations that the Obama administration put in place that the Trump administration rolled back None of that would have had made any difference as far as the most likely cause of this crash. Right, right. So let's put that asleep, to mm-hmm.
0: sleep right now, you know. Enough of the bullshit. Right. You know. Um Well it it, it boils down to semantics because it's like saying, Well, which is more important? The transportation method or the transportation container? Yeah. I think they're both equally weighted, you know, and like I said, this whole thing needs to be re examined. And you know, if you're the kind of person that's kept up at night by this Middle America, because apparently y'all are just in the bullseye zone, it would seem. You know, stuff rolls through, and these giant, you know, two mile long trains of cargo,
1: hundred and fifty cars. Right, can you they wrap go, your
0: brain around that? But they go rolling through these towns, both big and small, all day, every day, three sixty five. Yep. And how could you not, you know, you know almost in, in a way that after 9-11, you heard a plane, you looked up at the sky. Yeah. You know, these people now, when a train comes rolling along that you know is not a passenger train, you got to get a little skittish. I don't know.
1: Well, again, you know, 3.1 billion tons of hazardous material is transported in the U.S. every day. Right. By truck and by train. You'd think we'd put some priority on making sure this is safe. Right. And it, that's apparently not the case. Yeah.
0: And if, like I said, if the trains are going to tip and derailments are going to happen, which according to the numbers you presented, you know, yeah, they happen all the time. How come these train cars aren't like indestructible tenfold? I mean, yeah. we've got the engineering skill to do it. And it would
1: seem like companies uh, like Norfolk Southern, mm-hmm. they've got the money. Absolutely. Did, did I mention, Johnny, that in 2022... Uh, the company proposed, or announced, I should say, a $7.5 billion stock buyback to enrich their shareholders. <laughs> Did I mention that? You I mean, it yeah, because it's, yeah. it's a big company.
0: It's going to do whatever in its own best interest. Yeah.
1: Somehow I think they got more than enough money to do the cleanup and do it right. Right. And the EPA, I mean, you know, as much as we want to throw rocks at the Fed, the EPA has already announced that uh, Norfolk Southern is completely and totally responsible
0: for the cleanup. And I and think the EPA spokesman was the guy that was in Ghostbusters <laughs> who tried to shut them down. Yeah, the That's dick, the kind of guy, yeah, the yeah, dick. the yeah, dick, dickless yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick.
1: But, yeah, the EPA has announced that, yeah, they're they're responsible. And this is a kind of a fun little law. I didn't know it until, you know, I did a little research Well, Law's share. not fun. I know. But if the company balks at doing the right thing... Mm-hmm. Uh, the EPA will step in, do the cleanup themselves, and they can legally bill Norfolk Southern three times the amount it cost
0: them of course, to do it the cleanup. The <laughs> yeah. But the people who bought you the million-dollar toilet in San Francisco, yeah, comes yeah. cleanup, <laughs> and and
1: you know, and just to you know further bash on Norfolk Southern, their CEO Alan Shaw apparently pledged six point five million to help the residents of East Palestine. 6.5 million
0: really, dude. Well, that's a lot more than a thousand dollar check for 4,700 people. Yeah, <laughs> what's the next? I date across this line. Yeah, seriously,
1: what does a thousand dollars cover anymore? Nothing,
0: nothing, nothing. nothing, nothing and I, I heard an interview from one of the residents early on. And for you know, this is a rural community, yeah. And the guy says, you know, thousand dollars that's not even going to replace a horse, you know, because. Yeah. These people got chickens dying in the fields and, and the pigs were getting sick. Yeah. And the, the fish were already dead in the streams.
1: That will barely cover the three days that you had to spend in a hotel right. while the, 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 the authorities burn this stuff up. Exactly. I mean just barely, if that. Yeah.
0: You know? But again, people, you know, going back to your previous point, people are looking to FEMA initially to step in because they're so programmed that, you know, during hurricane season, the hurricane hasn't even made landfall yet. And FEMA's on the scene. Yeah. Okay. Now, you would think it's Ohio, so it's not exactly Tornado Alley, but it's, it's close. And yeah, they, they get those kind of storms there. Yeah. These people are used to like acts of nature and FEMA coming in and helping out, which is part of their mission statement. Yes, it is. But this, however, and they, they point this out fairly quickly, this is negligence by... Norfolk Southern. Yes, it that's, is. That's the big, and the, the long and tall short of it. Yeah. Yes, there are mistakes made politically by the administration. They waited too long. They should have been there like on day one. Yeah. But even vilifying them right now is not going to fix anything.
1: Oh, speaking of which. yeah. <laughs> Vilification time. Uh-huh. Um, just a little hint. If you're the transportation secretary. Oh, boy. Uh, Mayor Pete. Uh, you really don't want to use phrases like, I lost my train of thought in situations like this. Uh, he
0: did actually say that. Yes, didn't he think? did. Oh, yeah, you you Pete. really don't. You know. just, uh. And oh,
1: by the way, your press secretary, who's supposed to talk to the press, <laughs> yeah. don't prevent him or her, in this case her, from actually talking to the press. None of this is a good look, Pete. Just just a heads up, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, because I've seen that too. I like, get that microphone out of my my. Press Secretary's face. Yeah. Like what? what? Yeah,
1: and, and, and <laughs> I believe somebody, I forget which news agency, but a reporter got I think arrested at some point uh-huh. you know for causing a disruption, quote unquote. Right. Well some official was trying to make a statement. Again,
0: not a good look. Not a good look. Just not a and good without look. being political, let me just say in my own imitable way, mm. this is what happens when you put people in positions of power. Because they're checking off boxes and don't have qualifications. Are you
1: saying this was an
0: identity politics situation? Perhaps. Uh. And I think it's the first one, though, in, in the Biden administration. No, wait. No, no. Wait, now There's that vice president oh, who's yeah. useless. Mm-hmm. And and then there's the luggage it, the, thief the luggage with guy? The, yeah. the trans yeah. Yeah. mesh shirt, bald yeah. head, yeah, yeah, lips gloss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, again... uh, I'm just going to say competence is far more important than diversity. There's a hell of a thought, right? That's, vilify me away. I, I would I would
1: <laughs> even call that groundbreaking, Johnny. I would call that groundbreaking.
0: But now again, because this is what we do, we're going to be fair and say look, you know, Mayor Pete was at one time a uh an opponent of Joe Biden's and like many of those opponents through the debates, mm-hmm. as has always been a history at every single presidential debate, yeah, one, one of the quickest ways to get rid of your competition is to make a deal and say, well, since I'm probably going to win, we'll give you an appointment or this or that. And that's what happened here. You know, it happened when Trump ran, when Bush ran, when Obama ran. It's just the way of things. Oh, yeah. There's, so, there's
1: plenty of blame to go around.
0: <laughs> um You know, know, I would say the the cabinet runs the country. The president really doesn't. He's a figurehead. But these people should, shoot, those people, you know, the cabinet, please, God, let them at least be the best and brightest in their field. Well, it's
1: unfortunate (laughs) that we have to have a disaster, you know, to find out that maybe the political appointee wasn't
0: really qualified for the job. Don't think he knew from, you know what, I'm going to stop myself. (laughs) I'm not going to go into it. (laughs) I think it's time <laughs> for the middle jam. Uh, 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 good,
1: good self-edit on that one, John. Yeah, write bit that down. Knowledge. I actually had a modicum of self-restraint that. there. Yeah. But again, <laughs> folks, and I, I can't emphasize this enough, you know, if, if anybody over there in Ohio is listening, go after Norfolk Southern. Yes,
0: go and more them. importantly, if you're listening out there in Ohio or any place in middle America, we got your back. And personally, Michael and I are, are, are sickened by the, the offhanded treatment that you get because you may or may not have voted in a certain direction yeah. during the last election. Yeah. We're that... watching. We got you. Hell yes. Hell yes. On that note, sir.
1: Yes. Middle gem. Middle gem. Metal gem. Metal gem. <laughs> ah, I like it. Uh, I think this is a very appropriate uh, middle jump for the situation. I liked it,
0: and I had never heard it before. Interesting, kind of why I liked it. It's a
1: rare day, folks, when I can uh, when I can. Uh, I don't know what's the word, enlighten Johnny. Yes, fair uh, enough. A
0: very, very <laughs> rare
1: day, and it's a celebratory day on my part. I'm going to use this as an excuse to drink heavily. Uh, <laughs> this is an REM song that I think, and and now I believe Johnny's on board with me is very appropriate appropriate for the situation. Uh, this is a song, of course, called Driver Eight.
0: Yes, it's timely. It does apply, but the ending's a bit ambiguous, which <laughs> I guess was the intent. <laughs> you folks be the judge as we spin it for you now. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with some more things. <laughs>
1: Appropriate, I gotta say. I dug it. First time hearing it, folks. Nice. Of course, that was uh, REM doing "Driver 8." It was the second single from the band's third album, 1985's "Fables of the Reconstruction," which is a very REM album title, I suppose it would be. And uh, of course, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, the song's about a train engineer who's overworked and urged by the conductor to take a break. (laughs) And uh, according to REM vocalist Michael Stipe, uh, the song. And the train theme represents mythological America. Interesting. And I got to say, you know, trains are part of the mythology of America. Yep. You know, it is a vintage Americana. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think we were talking about this. You know, there could be a Johnny Cash box set of just Johnny doing train songs. Just train songs. Yeah. So, (laughs)
0: yeah,
1: good stuff. That felt good. That felt good.
0: All right. Interesting. I'm, I'm glad to hear something new. And out of you, because yeah. REM is not even one of your band groups. I'm so proud; they grew up so fast. <laughs> My God.
1: Uh, yes, yes. We uh, we exceeded expectations on that one. Right. I am. Uh, pardon me while I pat myself on the ass. Well,
0: normally when that happens, folks, he'll hit me with a song. And I'm like, I like it, I like it, and then he'll say something like, "But what I want to do is the Stones version."
1: <laughs> I'm like, ugh. <laughs>
0: But not this time. I, I got
1: to push the envelope, folks. Right. I got to okay, do it. Kid. You I got to okay. do it. But uh, as we segue into our subtopic for today, yeah, this is one of the subtopics <laughs> that has a subtopic.
0: Do you want to do the sub subtopic first? Well. I Obvious. think it should. Well, I think it'll well, make the other thing more relevant.
1: Well, let's introduce the subtopic first of all, so we have a point of point of reference. To I to have no jingle ready. From. though. I have
0: no jingle. No jingle. Still no jingle for this Ouch, one. Okay. I could do it in my theatrical voice. All right. Yeah. How could you not have known? There we go. I like <laughs> that. I like
1: that. It is definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, Just 100% slam dunk, how could you have not known
0: territory. Well, let me set the tone now. Please do. And then you can come out our our pariah of the week. I like it. Uh, Now presidential candidate Nikki Haley uh, announced her candidacy last week, I guess it was. About that, yeah. And uh, in it, she had said one of the things that she wants to do on day one, because that's Mm. what they all say right now. On day one. Day one, she wants to have cognitive tests for any of our elected officials 75 or older talk about throwing a rock at Bernie Sanders right who later (laughs) he was also the first one to pipe up to which he responded and this is like amazing playground banter yes you're the exact reason why we need to have cognitive
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, and don't get me wrong folks and don't misinterpret what I just said I love the fact that Bernie Sanders is such a threat to the DNC. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Uh, but yes, our sub subtopic is, of Uh-oh. course, the idiot statement that Don Lemon... Trash. Uh, ...of CNN made mm-hmm. in regards to Nikki Haley being past her prime. I believe you get your ass kicked saying so, like that, man. Yeah.
0: How could he have not known... Well, because Google said... Oh, geez. As it gets worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. Literally, that's what he tells us, to Female co-hosts. Yeah. I'm just telling you what I read well, on that, Google. That
1: was the incredible thing. <laughs> you know, I don't... I, I don't watch TV news anything. The only time I would ever turn on CNN ever is if, you know, people were flying planes into buildings again. Right. Uh, so... You know, it, it had it had to be Johnny saying you wouldn't believe what this idiot said now, <laughs> and uh, I did look up the quote. And not only did he say something completely and utterly stupid, but when his his co-hosts, I, I guess, is that what you call them, the, yeah. the two ladies that were with him, the cackling
0: hands that nod and were kind of like him, waving
1: the red flag. <laughs> this dummy doubled down. It just, uh, like. God the, bless live TV. Yeah, the epitome of absolutely <laughs> oblivious. You know, and it, it kind of raises the question as a news commentator, uh, could you be quote unquote suspended? Mm. And granted, you know, whatever suspension he endured was a softball to say the least. But you, you know, could you be suspended for saying that something that was just completely and utterly dumb? Right. I mean, it's not like he advocated like shooting trans people or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you know, and whatnot. It was just really, really,
0: just painfully, yeah. painfully oblivious. Well, here's the um, the the aftermath, and I don't know if the you're aware storm of this The shitstorm that one. followed. Well, yeah. yeah, the the immediate shitstorm. The um, he wasn't there the next day on the program, which was supposedly already prearranged. He needed a day off for whatever it is he does. Right. Then he had. Um, uh, another little break because he is being ordered to go to formal training. Right. They keep it out as ambiguous as possible. Yeah. And will be monitored closely moving forward th- so that there's no more lapses of this nature. Yeah. But I think a lot of people must have risen their voices in dissent because a couple of days afterwards, the um, Licht, I think his name is, L-I-C-H-T, the new head honcho at, at CNN, yeah. who's trying to make it a legitimate news source again.
1: Which I have not noticed yet.
0: Right. Well, not when this shit's happening. Mm. But he did come out, and he doubled down, and he said, this is his final warning. And if he does something like this again, he will not be employed by CNN really? again. Really? Yes. Wow. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, they're, they're taking it seriously. Yeah. Which means they must be getting so many calls and write-ins that they have to do something.
1: Again, the anticipated shitstorm, and how could he have not known yes. that was coming? And I mean, me,
0: personally, I like, you know, in the age of wokeism, yeah. some people say I like it when they start to eat their young. <laughs> some people quote Clash of the Titans, the Stygian witches, a titan against a titan! I prefer to look at it as a card game. Okay, right. okay. So apparently, if, if you had a deck of cards, uh, uh, apparently... Four jilted housewives (laughs) beats one gay journalist who's black. I mean, you can cut this any which way you want. But yeah, it's like, which one is going to have more gravity on the situation and have a bigger impact? Well, no no matter how much coverage you
1: get from... The whole identity politics thing of, like you said, being gay, being a minority journalist, and whatnot. Yep. You can still say something so
0: stupid and tone deaf that they will come after you. That
1: it supersedes all of that coverage that you previously right. had.
0: Now, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, in my trinity of, of celebrity personalities that I despise, yeah, two of them are from CNN. And of course, top of the list, Alec Baldwin. Trash. I'd like to push him into a, a cesspool.
1: Not a shock.
0: Not a shock. Uh, then, ironically, coming in at number two, yeah. Chris Cuomo. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Yeah. And then a real close number three is Don Lemon.
3: That's why he weak the dog is okay.
0: And it's always been. And that stems back from the days of the Ferguson riots yeah. when he was the man on the street because of his skin tone, and some like B-level rapper came up to him, and he was about to interview him. Yeah, and right off the cuff, the guy was like, "You're a joke. What do you know about being black? Get out of my <laughs> face, or I slap you." And he didn't know like how to react to it.
1: Well, I can understand the Chris Chris Cuomo thing because he pu- he so pushes the full shit meter. It's just like, a like hardcore into yeah. the red. Yeah. He's you know again. You know, as a reluctant representative of my side, the left, he makes me cringe. Right. Like to the point where I get a migraine. But, like, I'm sorry, but I've never considered Don Lemon to be a, a consequential figure at all. He's just a race
0: baiter. Yeah. And it, it's, and it it's, it's hard to have somebody like that on. Uh, A network like CNN, which, as I've said before, I always secretly root for to get back to their roots. Yeah. And he's one of the last vestiges of the far-left-leaning crew that they had. Yeah. In fact, he might be the last one. Okay. You know? Yeah. But he checks off several boxes, so they are loathe to get rid of him. Yeah. But something like this plays right into the hands, and it also plays right into the hands of why they should get rid of him.
1: Well, again, it's just like watching the clip. You know, I was like, what do you mean? Past right. her prime, you know, qualify that. Past her yeah. prime to do what?
0: But in his head, you know? it made sense to alienate how many millions of women in the United States and around the world, whoever's yeah. watching, just to get a dig in at the latest, you know, person from the GOP that's going to run for office. I mean, was it really worth it? Is that it? what it was about? Yes. Oh. All it was was a way to somehow throw a dig at Nikki Haley.
1: See, because it was it was such an uninformed and stupid thing to say. My first thought was, What fucking planet are you living on? Oh, there we yeah. go. Uh, indulgent F. Bomb of the episode. That's okay. It was right. warranted. <laughs> but yeah, it just, you know, I don't I don't consider, you know, these these passes that this guy mm-hmm. apparently gets because he is. And the black only thing that makes
0: it scream just a a a political, you know, box-checking move, yeah. is the simple fact that Whoopi Goldberg. Was in lockstep with him and started making really? excuses for what he said. Really, you know? yes. So it's like all again. They do I don't
1: watch The View. Apparently, Johnny does.
0: No, well, I, I just, <laughs> you know, once the story comes out, I want to see all these little sources and just okay. take a look at the spider web from thirty thousand yes, feet. Yes, and in this case, you know, kudos to Nikki Haley because you're only a threat when they come after you on day one. This is you true. know, and this if they true. didn't seriously see her as a threat,
1: none of this would have happened. Which it, is another thing I don't understand. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to say she's past her prime because I don't know what the hell that means. Right? I really? And don't. if she's
0: 51 years old, no woman, especially a career woman or a professional woman, is anywhere near past her prime at 51. You got to be kidding me. Well, <laughs> well,
1: again, it was like <laughs> look at what what all the you, judges and the lawyers about? and the what doctors do you, out there that what are, you, are women. Yeah. What are you referencing? Are you talking about like having kids? Are You talking about holding office? Right. I mean, as near as I could tell from watching said idiot clip, mm-hmm. he never even qualified the remark. I right. was like, What are you talking about?
0: I mean, soccer player maybe Looking at you, Megan Rapinoe. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. But as far as a career person, an educated person, no. <laughs> She's just hitting her stride at 51.
1: You know, as as much as <laughs> that was my indulgent F-bomb of the, the episode, that was Johnny's indulgent Megan Completely. Rapinoe slap of the Completely.
0: episode. But let's, you know, let's pause but now. Because yes. we're getting sidetracked. All right. You know, the, the nut, if you will, or yeah. the hard, crunchy thing, it's in the, the center of a peach. The statement she made, yeah. Right. Is, you know... I'm kind of on board with this these cognitive tests because, look, I'm not going to say Joe Biden's senile, but he's slipping. Yeah, And really, if you look at Reagan and his last couple of years, he was obviously starting to suffer from dementia. Yeah, We don't need... I mean, you want a president who has life experiences from which to draw on and make wise decisions. Of course. But there's got to be a limit, you know? And yeah. I'm not... I'm, I'm not opposed to, let's say, senior citizens. Let's let's use this benchmark of 75. Okay. Going through cognitive tests to continue to drive an automobile. Um, maybe, I don't know, teach firearm safety or whatever. <laughs> and here's the bottom line. There are a ton of people. Let's even go as far as to say there are more people at 75 that would pass these tests than wouldn't. Okay, What harm does it do when these people have such an impact on so many lives yeah. to take... A few simple tests.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to devil's advocate for a minute or two. Go right here.
0: ahead. Uh, given the shitstorm
1: that uh, <laughs> Nikki set off by, you know, saying this and making this proposal, uh, the proposed age for the cognitive testing seventy five. Why? Why not seventy? Why not eighty? Why not fifty? Why not everybody? Lauren Boebert, talking to you, kid. Uh, which cogniz- cognitive test are mm-hmm. we going to use? Is it compulsive? Is it mandatory? Who interprets the results? If you have nothing to worry about, go ahead and take the test. It's kind of a naive statement. But in all honesty, as far as I'm concerned, the bottom line, particularly if you're Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. you should welcome it. You should welcome it. This will shut everybody up right. if you can, in fact, pass said cogniz- cognitive test.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, we live in an age, this is why it's important to me, Yeah, I'll say straight up, and I'll apologize in advance, I'm not singling anybody out, Fetterman, (laughs) but if you can't pass these tests, you should not be able to hold the the office, because unfortunately, right now, in the political climate that we have, it's becoming en vogue to no longer debate. And that kind of bothers me. For as many wasteful debates as we've seen over the years and fluff and just a dog and pony show, I want these candidates from both sides or a third party or whatever, I want them out there. I want to see them respond to gotcha questions because you know what? That's what a presidency is. It's nonstop people trying to tear you down. And it's a nonstop, even in times of peace and prosperity, challenging questions that would give any one of us pause. Yeah. But if you're the guy that's leading my country of three hundred and twenty million people, yeah. your ass needs to be sharp as a tack. And if it's not, you're in the wrong position. You know, in all honesty, I actually agree with you.
4: Hooray!
1: Hey You know, like I said, <laughs> it's kind of a situation where, you know, we're 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 getting in a funky territory to say the least, with these kinds of proposals. Yep. And as far as it being you know, mandatory or voluntary. You know, I'm devil's advocating again. I think it should be
0: voluntary. But again,
1: you know, if you're in a position where your position is questionable, you should welcome these things.
0: Well, let me frame it this way then. Much like if you're in Hollywood, okay, and the... um well, Hollywood or famous, yeah, the yeah. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are catching hell right now from a particular South Park episode <laughs> okay. because they protest to the nth degree about their privacy yeah. while holding up placards saying, interview us, you know, look at the right, right. And it's spreading like wildfire. Yeah. I take that and I apply it to this situation because if nothing else, our elected officials, which is the fanciest way to put what they do, yeah. they're civil servants. They work for us. Message! Yes, they do. And once you work for me and your paycheck involves my taxes that I'm paying you, you forego the right for this pedestal, okay, yeah. where I don't have the right to know if you're qualified. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Well, you know,
1: there's, there's and to a degree, I'm going to agree with you again, there's a degree of isolation, unhealthy isolation that comes with living inside the beltway. Mm-hmm. Um, in days gone by, you didn't get that. You had to come out eventually and live with the laws that you enacted or, or stood behind or voted for or whatever. There's a little bit too much separation between us and them these days. And just about anything that we can do to tear down that wall, mm-hmm. I think I would advocate.
0: You're about to agree with me three times in one episode. Holy Jesus. And you, you at home, folks, you could play along. Yeah, I'm going to need more liquor. When's the last time, and I'm not talking snippets of a speech in the Rose Garden or okay. the State of the Union, yeah. when's the last time there was a televised presidential address in this country? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting question. Interesting point. Now you tell me these people aren't dodging facing the nation. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. This is why I feel the way I do about this. Even in those instances where... You know, sometimes they used to have the president, not this secretary, the president would get up in front of the press corps in that tiny room, yeah. give their spiel, and then get bombarded by the Sam Donaldsons, yeah. that little old lady whose name I forget that was <laughs> there like forever. Yes, I remember you know? that.
1: Yeah, she was cool.
0: Right, and you would, ha- you would have to take their questions. It was part of the job. Not only did they not do that anymore but they don't even sit on the nice little Oval Office stage with the pre-cam teleprompter telling them what to say. Yeah. They don't address the country. Yeah. These, you know, the press corps, with the little card in their hat, like a 40s cartoon, has to harangue them and yell questions out in the hope that they can get a straight answer. Yeah. And again, it's just this not is, right.
1: This is probably going to become my theme for the episode. Hadn't thought of it beforehand, but now I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more acclimated to
0: it. If you are legitimate, you should welcome it. Right, because, and this is how I summed it up in my notes, I mean, like a drug test, a lie detector test, or any test, if you pass it, you have nothing to worry about. If you fail, the greater good has been served.
4: The greater good. Hmm.
0: Simple as that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, un, I'm uncomfortable with I don't know the whole drug test thing, but that might be a personal thing. It's a personal thing. Yeah. <laughs> but again, <clears throat> if you are a civil servant, particularly if you're in the rarefied air of the beltway, mm-hmm. you should welcome it. Right.
0: Or maybe surrender the lifetime benefits that you get just from holding yeah. office. Yeah. Or at the top, top, top tier. The lifetime of Secret Service protection for you and your immediate family. Why don't you let those things go? That, that could be the trade-off. I'm yeah. fair. Let's yeah. make it a trade-off. You want to keep your privacy and your, your self-respect? Well, you're going to give up this, this, and that. Yeah. On that note, I believe we have a third jam. Damn! All right. An Good uplifting time, <laughs> third jam. We're about to go to church, folks.
1: Oh, my goodness. And, and how we stumbled upon this, I could only, only categorize this as divine intervention. That's why I say we're going to church. Which is funny, because I'm the heathen (laughs) of the crew here, right here. But it it did seem like that is what happened on this one. Uh, Little background. Johnny and I were going back and forth, back and forth. We had a list. We couldn't decide. We were about to flip a coin. We didn't know what to do. And this one came out of nowhere. (laughs) And I don't know how else to explain it.
0: I don't know. Can you think of a better way to explain it? No, it's just, well... The band, give him the band, Nathaniel Rateliff, Rateliff, and the Night Sweats, which we had previously played one of his tunes called uh, S.O.B. Yes, S.O.B., which in its own way is uplifting. Yeah, this is also uplifting just from their sound. We we love these guys, soulful guys. I gotta say, and
1: uh, and yeah, it uh, it just came out
0: of nowhere, and I I literally said, let's just try this one last one here. (laughs) Whoever this is, and then boom, and. I think the title speaks for itself. Fair enough. Let's spin this for the folks, and then we'll be back to wrap things up.
2: So strange Said you never know While I try my best hey, To cover my eyes It's a calming way To blame and hide the truth I know that some will say The matter's a little bit Oh, but come on and mean it to me I need it so bad I need it to try I need it to fall I
4: need it to love, I'm fallin' away I need never get old
2: Standing in the rain, mean what you said, oh, and mean it to me. All of these lies, oh, and never again. Come on and say, and now say it's the game. I know it's on to say. It matters a little, babe Oh, but come and mean it to me I need it so bad Oh, I mean it to me I need it so bad
0: bright and shiny now. I know. Woof. I know.
1: And, uh, and it was, I think, a great segue out of what we were just talking about, our subtopic. Yep. Uh, the song, of course, was called I Need Never Get Old. Mm-hmm. That was from uh, Nathaniel Rateliff, and I stumble over that all the time. And the Night Sweats uh, 2015 debut album, which was a monster. It was a self-titled debut album. And uh, it's funny, because the interpretation of the song varies. A lot of people reference... Uh, per the video, that was about the band's 10-year struggle you know, to break through and okay. to succeed. But ironically, according to Nathaniel, when they got into the studio, it only took them two hours to record the song. Huh. You
0: know? What so. about my theory that well, I, I gave him Which was? Uh, he, just, he was um, trying to implore someone that he cared deeply about to say or express that she loves him and that the fact that when she does that, he'll never get tired of it. He'll never get old. Give him more, give him more, give him more. Was I way off with that? because uh, I'm not a lyricist at <laughs> all. I'm so bad with that. That's why I never listen to the lyrics. I'm just about the that music. That
1: may be the deepest you have ever gotten <laughs> into the interpretation of a song since we started working together, which is just a testimonial to how cool that song is, man. <laughs>
0: I expect you to so come so back ugh. with, actually, no, John. It was later documented that the, it was an ode to Beelzebub and the Hounds of Hell. You were Which way it off.
1: may very well
0: have been. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It's still catchy as hell, and you can it dance was, to it. It was. I think the kids will like it. Damn straight. Damn straight. <laughs> All right. So what's Oof. going on in Big Boom Radio this week, John? Oh uh, Well, I am so happy to announce that the migration uh, from the thieves that were hosting the radio station <laughs> previously, we have cut the cord. Uh, we're doing it DIY now. All right. And we are up and running. And personally, I think it sounds better. Maybe it's just because we are, once again, <sighs> commercial free. Whoa. Oh, so much music. Now you just can't leave. Damn. So much. Yes. Rock yeah. and roll heaven 24 7. Bingo, baby. New yeah. shows, new format. Uh, still working on what we can download on demand at any given time. And uh, I think soon there'll be an app. All right. And, you know, the music and everything will always be free. I don't want to do subscriptions, but I think yeah, the, the app might be like a, do- a dollar or two. Yeah. You know, support the cause kind hey, of it's stuff. A dollar. Right? Yeah. You they got to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> I need these tires on the truck. That's going to cost me an arm and a leg. No, come I'm on, help you. out, folks. I'm telling you.
1: Man, <laughs> you know, I like the idea of having an app. It's anti-technologies, I'm sure I come sure, off to people. Sure. The idea of well having an app is kind of cool,
0: yeah. i got to say. But it's expensive. Is it? And having, yeah. Initially, when I did the station startup like six years ago, yeah. I got the apps, and I had one for both the Google Play Store and <laughs> iTunes, All right, and started out five ninety nine. Couple nibbles, not too many, you yeah, know. Yeah. They dropped it down to ninety nine cents. Same thing, just a couple nibbles. Right. Then one day, on a lark, I'm like, "Well, let me just try free, see what happens." Yeah. In China alone, I I moved two thousand <laughs> units of the app <laughs> in the first day. <laughs> and I think all it made me do was get even more antisocial because oh, now I'm cursing out people man. I've never met. Yeah. You cheap sons of bitches. <laughs> Well, they like their free apps in China. They do. Right. Who, they hey, do. look, everybody likes free, yeah. you know? No doubt. You don't no have doubt. to reach for the credit card and pay and do all this. So I I, I, I get it. I do. Ugh. But yeah. uh, as always, also, I just want to add in, if you have any ideas or things you would like us to talk about or any comments and anything we've done, you're totally open to it. Absolutely. We're not a totalitarian uh, outfit here. Hell no. So send me an email at john at bigboomradio.com and... I will do you justice. That's all I can promise. And there we go. Right. So on that note, thank you for joining us. And as always, I am Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see us all on the flip side.